Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. John chapter 20, verse 29. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. This is a, uh, a pebble from the beach that is on the side of the Sea of Galilee. Um, in the gospel lesson that immediately follows the one we just heard, we know that one of the resurrection appearances of Jesus showing himself in his resurrection body was on the side of the Sea of Galilee, and it says he cooked breakfast for his disciples. It's a wonderful picture of new creation. Um, What I like to think is that there's a tiny, tiny chance that the risen Lord could have kicked this pebble when he was cooking that breakfast. Now, almost impossible, certainly. Um, Highly improbable, but not impossible. And uh, I bring this rock in. I have a collection of rocks from holy places. Actually, Paul has generously given me one or two of his own collection of rocks um, from holy places. Um, I bring this to to show and to say that when Jesus was raised from the dead... He really was raised in a human body, right? His foot could have kicked a stone. He wasn't a ghost. He wasn't an apparition or just some sort of phantasm on the minds of the apostles. It was a real human body. He ate fish. He actually proved to his disciples, as we see very clearly recorded in the Gospel of Luke, that he ate something to show that he was not a ghost. So his body, let me be perfectly clear, is a very real resurrected body. And yet, there's something very unusual about his resurrected body in that it is normally invisible. And that's not usually a property we think of about bodies, right? Because we are, by definition, very visible. But it comes, actually, as a result of the resurrection. So when we sort of think of the whole salvation work of the Son of God, right? He takes on flesh in the, from the Virgin Mary, actually is crucified with that, in that flesh and goes down to the place of the dead. And when he's raised again, he takes his human body, his whole human nature, up into God. And because God is bigger than creation, his humanity has now been glorified beyond visible creation. So that's why it's normal he is invisible right now. We don't see Jesus with our eyes. Not because he's sort of, you know, completely sort of vanished from the created world, or, or is it some sort of apparition, but because he himself, as he's, as we confess creedily, right, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. So he is with God, over and above, and in a way enveloping all of the created world. So that's why he's invisible, not because he's less real than what is visible, but because he's with the Creator, who is more real than what is visible. One of the things then that we see in the several different accounts in the Gospels of the various appearances of Jesus after he's been raised from the dead, there's a handful, right? There's these two different instances in the upper room that we hear about in the Gospel of John that we just heard about. There's appearing to the women outside the empty tomb that we heard about last Sunday. There's the travelers on the road to Emmaus and then in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, we learn there was an appearance at one point to James and to the 500. There's like seven or so um, appearances where where he shows himself visibly and says, look, I, I am raised from the dead. Which for me raises the question, um, 
Why doesn't he just always remain visible? Why doesn't he, having been raised from the dead, why isn't he still visible on the earth today, sort of showing himself and saying, look, I'm an immortal being. I've been raised from the dead. Um, why isn't that sort of, it would make faith in a way, potential, we, th- we, we might think, would make faith easier. Why doesn't he continue to show himself? The first answer to that question is that, of course, he will, right? One day he will be permanently visible when he does come again, the second time to establish his visible reign on earth, when he remakes heaven and earth to be sort of the final new creation when everything is healed. So he will be one day permanently visible. We're just living in this sort of in-between time between his resurrection and when he comes again. We're living in this middle age. And I think the reason that he, once he had been raised from the dead, showed himself here and there to the disciples, but but doesn't remain permanently visible. That's actually sort of the great communication of the ascension of Jesus, which we'll celebrate in a few weeks' time, to sort of say, like, don't be expecting visible apparitions anymore. um, The reason he only shows himself a few times, I think, is to wean us off of our reliance on visible sight to know God. One of the things that really struck me as I was reflecting on the gospel for this Sunday is that John's recording that Jesus sort of just shows up, right? And he makes a pains to say that the door was locked, right? He didn't just walk in. He just showed up somehow. But John doesn't record any exit, right? John doesn't say he showed up, he said some things, and then he disappeared. And I was like, that's weird, you know, because we kind of think of it like that. Why doesn't John say, like, and then he vanished? That would also be something remarkable. I think the reason that the scripture doesn't say that is because he didn't vanish. He just vanished from sight, right? So it would be actually misleading to say, and then Jesus went away, because Jesus has promised us, and he showed, that he is with us always. So he sort of appears visibly, and then in a moment is no longer visible, but the disciples knew he was still there with them. He hadn't vanished. He hadn't disappeared from presence, even though he disappeared from sight. So I think these various sort of um, condescensions, as it were, of Jesus sort of showing himself visibly, but then removing his visible presence, was to sort of show his disciples, stop relying on the eyes in your head, and to use Paul's phrase from Ephesians, um, start seeing with the eyes of your heart. And now, in a very material age, we think, well, actually, it would have been nice to have you know, visibility with the eyes of our head, this sort of indisputable claim, like, look, here's this man who's been alive now for 2,000 years. You know, that's a very, un- very unique human being. Let's obey him. Um, but the truth is, in God's wisdom, we actually can know more about God. We actually can see him. Here's the paradox, right? We actually can see him better with the eyes of our heart than with just the eyes that are in our head. And that runs counter to sort of how we sort of live in ordinary life, where you know, we sort of prize visible things more highly. But I think that it's really true. I think that's why Jesus sort of removed his visible presence, so that to invite us to really see that he is still with us right now. Right now, he's still with us. Right? It's not just an idea or some sort of philosophy we need to keep going. Jesus is a person. He's not a ghost. He's an embodied person who 
to speak sort of metaphorically, is standing in our midst. Right? When we pray to him, we're talking straight at him. When we hear his word, he's talking straight at us. And, and here's what sort of brings me to the second point uh, that I'd really like to try and unpack this morning. Um, it's, God knows that we, he made us, he knows that we are frail creatures, that we do rely on visible, sort of tangible things so heavily. And so he actually still, even though he sits invisibly at the right hand of the Father, he still condescends to sort of, as it were, make himself tangible to us. Um, he does this in a variety of ways, um, chiefly uh, in three. In the fellowship of his body, the church, when another Christian brings to you a word of truth or encouragement, that is actually God, God the Son, Jesus Christ, actually sort of speaking through his body, one member to another. He's actually giving sort of skin and flesh and humanity to touch, to be able to hear his gospel and to be reminded of his invisible presence with us. So we, in a way, we minister this presence, this invisible presence, one to another. But he also, Jesus, appointed human ministers. And that's what we hear in this gospel, right? Jesus says to the apostles, um, I'm, as I was sent, I'm sending you. And all ministers from the apostles, whom we see with all their frailties, to ministers today who have all their frailties, um, just regular members of the church, and yet there aren't ministers in the church because the church got together and said, you know, it would be functional to have one person up front you know, for the course of a Sunday morning. This wasn't the church's idea, this was the Lord's idea, to say, he who is invisible wants someone who is visible to proclaim his gospel again so that you can hear it and be led through the words read of the scriptures, through his word preached, through the administration of the sacraments, through these visible and tangible things, that these would be means of his people being brought again to him who is invisible and untouchable. So God is very kind to give us these things. Of course, chief of all is his gift of the sacraments. Um, that he's given us things, water, bread, wine, things that you can touch to lead us on to him who is beyond touch. Things that we can taste to satisfy us spiritually. Things that we can see to lead us to what's invisible. So these are sort of the continued, in a way, condescensions of God. In the same way he showed himself a few times just to really drive home to the disciples. He really is present with you. You're not imagining it. He really is with us, then as now. Uh, he continues to give us these little tokens of things to say, he still is with us. Here's a tangible way, a little piece of regular bread, that having been blessed, he actually uses to minister his own sin-forgiving, life-giving body and blood from the throne in heaven down to us here on earth who need it, who need to be continually renewed and cleansed and strengthened with his holy presence. So I think we see sort of a parallel in the continued ministry of the church today with Jesus' own appearing to the disciples in these resurrection appearances, this sort of condescension to, to our mortal and, and frail natures. But it's so important, and this is my hope, what I hope you take away from this morning, um, to, to not make the visible things the end 
right? To not be so reliant on what we can just see and touch, but that we would be moved from there to apprehend in our inner being, with the eyes of our heart, Him who is really with us in, in this room, in all of our lives, in all of creation, the invisible, risen Jesus Christ, who, who could kick a stone if he wanted to, is the one who is with us. We just can't see him with our eyes, but he's here. Believing this is what we call faith. But I think sometimes the way we, I even hear Christians use the word faith, it's like, well, if I just sort of imagine this is true, it'll hopefully work out in the end. It's like, no, 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 this is just, it is true, you just can't see it with your eyes. And so, as we continue to hear these Gospels, right, we have this Gospel read today because this is a week after Easter Sunday, as the Gospel said, when Jesus showed up the second time in the upper room. Um, and how lovingly he speaks to Thomas, right? Proving, in fact, he was in the room the first time, right? Remember, on the very first Easter Sunday, Thomas says, unless I put my hand in his side, I won't believe. A week later, Jesus says, he shows up, revealing that he heard Thomas that day, saying, put your hand in my side. Just hear that loving voice of, of Jesus saying, like, what can, I want you to believe in me. Like, but he says, don't doubt. Just because you can't see it with your eyes, don't cease to believe. Um, Thomas, Jesus' kindness to Thomas is a comfort to us who struggle with doubt. But his charge to Thomas is his charge to us. Don't doubt just because you can't see it. But see with the eyes of your heart. Blesses, and because if we do that, we receive the blessing of Jesus. That's that scripture I began with. Blessed, we receive the blessing of Jesus if we who have not seen believe. Blessed are you who have not seen and yet have believed. Amen.